I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design. Suzanne Reinstein, a giant in the industry, has left us, but not without changing both the nature of interior design and the way in which interior design is experienced by those for whom she crafted. Suzanne was one of those rare talents who had a signature through line in her work that has been described as elegant civility, which was basically, it, it, it's, a, it's a pulled focus on fewer but better, a level of quality that was exceptional but not overpowering, which allowed those for whom she worked to experience the different levels of her work, not necessarily all at once, but over time. It's the same way other pleasures, pastimes, like wine, art, and music are experienced and enjoyed. Reinstein knew that and was a major talent with all the awards and accolades that you would expect. Her work, like Suzanne, was elegant and timeless. I wanted to share some of her wit, charm, and stories with you in her own voice and her own words. This is from an interview in 2019 at the La Cienega Design Quarters Legends event where she was presented with her Living Legend Award. In this first clip, Suzanne discusses memories of gardening, her grandmother, and growing up in the South. Yes, well, um, my grandmother lived down the street from me, and in between my grandmother and our house lived the Bremermans. And if anybody's here from the South, they know Jerry Bremerman, I feel, one of the doyens of a Southern uh, design. And so it was pretty fantastic. My grandmother was a great gardener. My mother liked to arrange flowers. And all the women in post-war uh, United States pretty much stayed home, or a lot of people did. And they were really into their houses because, you know, rationing was going away and um, gardens and things. And it was there was a real emphasis on the home. So I feel lucky having grown up then. My grandchildren are probably luckier growing up now uh, as far as their opportunities and things, but I, I treasure how I grew up. And I was, um, I, I was around a lot of adults because my parents were so young. My mother did one year of college, got married, had me, and all the other mothers did the same thing. We just added 20 years on to uh, our ages, and that's how we knew. It was a very different time. I was the oldest mother in kindergarten <laughs> by the time I had my daughter, but it was yeah. very different back yeah. then. Yeah. So I was always around, and I loved these gardens. I loved playing with things. Um, my mother planted bri uh, bridal wreath, I think, I don't want to say what its Latin name is because I'm sure I'll get it wrong. But bridal wreath, I used to make the dolls bouquets out of it. I had the dolls houses. I was very, like, since I was an only child for 14 years, I very much, you know, was into my own uh, playtimes and heads. I was a mad reader as soon as I could read. Um, my climbing tree was an osmanthus, which if you know the scent of a... Uh, that kind of tea olive, it's, um, it's pretty amazing. So I don't know, I guess it was I was in a fantasy, I loved reading, and still, even as an adult, mm -hmm. in my reading group, I was the one that knew how everything looked like, whether it was Proust, or whether it was, you know, something from the 50s. 
I liked um, expounding on you know what the houses looked like, what the um, oh, what the what everything looked like and the feel of it. And I think because I was around so many adults, I was quiet and I took it all in and I loved it. Um, and then I had a mother who was um, into the whole thing too. And um, even when my brother was born, when I was 14, she would. It was an, her idea of a family outing was not to go to a something like Disneyland. You know, or, that she wasn't was smart. that wasn't her idea. Uh, her idea was, oh, you're 14. Let's go to Vizcaya. Okay. <laughs> so when we were in Florida, well, I did go to Vizcaya. My brother says he sort of remembers that he was like around two or something. And we went to uh, Fairchild Gardens. I remember those. And um, then one of my earliest memories is taking a walk in the woods looking for variegated aliagnus. I don't even know what it looks like now, but... Uh, you know, it was like a, this euphonious thing. So, um, and um, they had a garden and sprayed heavily with all the new wonderful pesticides that came out of World War II, including including um, uh, jeeps that would go spraying DDT at night. So, um, I'm sure that definitely affected everything. So. I've been an organic gardener uh, since for well since 1998, um, and I'm so glad you know. So sometimes you have to be a little more patient. Uh, in fact, all of my prayers include patience for myself. <laughs> That's how I ended up with the broken feet. That's how I <laughs> had these falls and things. It's like I get in a hurry and I want to do something, whether it's. Um, you know, making something. Anyway, I, I guess I'm rambling on, but I hope it's making sense. No, no. So in, for me, going outside, picking things for your house, having people over, making the house wonderful for yourself and your family, having a place to play cards and all of those things, is just one big, it's one big way of being. And I'd have to, to put reading books and things in there too. It's just a, a nice way to live. And I like to tell people, and I firmly believe it, that um, if your house is the way you want it, if it's nice for you, then you'll feel so comfortable and all your friends will feel at home. And I, um, you know, I have lots of young friends. I feel very blessed in that way. Plenty of old ones, too. Uh, but lots of... Uh, young friends, and they do things in a different way, and I celebrate that. I really do. As long as they have a little bit of comfort in their lives. and um, Because I do feel that some of decorating today is about making this splash the moment you come in, whereas I prefer rooms that you kind of notice slowly and you just feel good in them, but then you noticed a detail or that maybe doesn't jump out, but is just a fine way to finish a hymn, or it's a nice little something on the edge of a of a curtain. I'm not quite like Mrs. Mellon, who said, nothing must be noticed. Uh. <laughs> That's why she hung up her Van Gogh 
or a Van Gogh, uh, <laughs> with, with no frame on it, you know, like just leaning on our mantelpiece. But I'm not chic enough to do that, <laughs> or rich enough, I guess. But anyway, I, I admire a lot of the way that her houses go, and I um, felt, you know, very lucky to be able to go see um, her incredible, um, her, this, uh, the, her incredible uh, library that she made. And one of the things I love, so here's this beautifully, this beautiful architecture. It's all uh, whitewashed uh, stone, which I happen to love. And, um, and then the inside is very light and all these books. And so what are the bookends? They're all bricks that are perfectly covered in chartreuse felt. And, they, and that's what holds all the books up. And I thought, perfect. I loved that. Um, so I guess I'm always looking and always reading. And um, I like many different kinds of styles. Um, well, that was for a house in Bel Air that we did for um, our clients. And they had grown children. And it had to be a place that welcomed everybody. And um, that was the the pool room or the billiards room, and we made a a wonderful office for the husband. But he gave me the greatest compliment. He said, "I just like to sit in the living room, stretched out, looking at the garden and making my telephone calls." So I thought, well, that's good. I want you to feel comfortable in every room, Suzanne wanted her clients to feel comfortable in every room. And her approach to the craft, to the work, focused on that idea. So next, you will hear Suzanne talk about her early days, working in Washington, D.C. for Mark Severod, a correspondent and commentator on Walter Cronkite's show. Here she talks about her early work, not in design, and moving to Southern California. There's nothing you can't do that you can't do well and that prepares you for whatever is coming next, you know? Mm -hmm. I've always cast a wide net and encouraged my own daughter to do that. But I, um, I was an English literature major, and I am still a big proponent of the liberal arts. Mm -hmm. And I'm not an elitist, just wanted you to know that. <laughs> I think everybody should be able to study liberal arts and... Uh, whatever, but um, I was an English literature major, and then I um, worked for uh, the writer, uh, Hodding Carter, Big Hodding Carter, who had won the Pulitzer Prize, and I helped him and his wife, Betty, uh, research and uh, assist them in writing the books that they were writing. And then I went to Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. because I wanted to get more into journalism, and this is kind of sad, but it's kind of funny. There was a comic strip character named Brenda Starr, and she was a journalist. And I think that's why I got interested in it in the beginning. <laughs> Naturally, it, it went on from there. So uh, I went to Washington, D.C., and I got very lucky and uh, worked for a man named Eric Severide. Mm. I mean, if you're... Wow not really super young here, you may know who he is. Uh, and he did a commentary on the Walter Cronkite show. And it was during a time that was uh, very exciting uh, in Washington. It was 
uh, the moratorium, the Cambodian incursion, it was Watergate, it was all of that. And I was there for four packed years. Then I went on to run a, um, a company that was a little company that made uh, documentaries and things like that. I met my husband, my soon-to-be husband, and he said, oh, we have to go, we have to go back to California. And I came kicking and screaming. Honestly, my friends there were like I had died, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know nobody reads books. Well, that is so untrue. I think we're the number one, uh, one or at least one of the top markets for books. Uh, but they had all kinds of things to say about California, especially because it was Southern California. Ooh. Not. Mm. He didn't have the good taste to be from San Francisco, Fred. <laughs> That's actually what one of my friends said uh, to me. <laughs> anyway, I came out, and it took me a couple of years, but I loved it. I, um, I, uh, when I was pregnant with our daughter, I used to work one day a week at the Huntington with these amazing ladies. On Monday, they volunteered there, and they... In, knew more than I'd ever known. I didn't, I knew about hybrid tea roses that you had to spray like mad and that poisoned everything. <laughs> but I didn't know about um, the, that, that there was this whole group of roses called shrub roses and old fashioned roses, which now I have lots of. But um, so I just learned so much from these women. Uh, it was really fantastic and I only, stopped when I couldn't get up when I went down to weed. So, <laughs> and Kate was born thereafter. Mm -hmm. But, um, and I love decorating our house. We used to take a, a grown-up trip, the two of us, to Europe every, every winter. And go to museums and drink wine at lunch and do all those crazy things. <laughs> Um, and um, when I came back, I, yeah, I just started bringing things for the house. And I was influenced, of course, by the house where the houses that I knew growing up. Then I started, we started getting to know a lot of people in England, and I was brought to a lot of those houses. Then we started going out to see, like, a park and some of those great houses, from which I think you can learn so much. This is one of my things, why I'm always happy to raise money for education, whether it's for NYSID or the Decorators Club or whatever it is, because I think it's so important to uh, see things that maybe don't fit in what you're thinking uh, about, what your style is. But I think it's, it's, uh, it's about curiosity, and I really celebrate people who are curious, who do follow things. Like, I remember thinking about Vizcaya and thinking, oh, that place is just way too grand to ever be re relevant. I hope I didn't use that word. But um, <laughs> to the way that I live. And, um, but there is. There's always something, and it's come back to me. So even, um, and then it was harder for me to get into French because it was so sort of grand. But I remember one day having a tour with uh, Jillian, whose name I can't remember, who put all that wonderful French furniture together for um, J. Paul Getty. Wilson. Wilson, yes, Jillian Wilson. What an extraordinary 
person she was. And when she was at the V&A, talk about curiosity, she got a little screwdriver and she started taking all the ormolu off and realizing, studying it and realizing that it was done by these extraordinary um, sculptors and things. So again, you know, I thought, oh, that's just too much for me, but it, it's had, held me in good stead. And um, then after our daughter went to, um, off to NYU, uh, my husband had been overseas, especially in uh, Asia a lot when he was with NBC News, and he wanted to go back. So we went to, we went to Hanoi, we went to, uh, we went to, Burma, we went to Sri Lanka, places that maybe you wouldn't want to go to right now, but it, we got in that little time place that we could get there. And uh, we went to India, we went to Bhutan. And um, I know you. one of the things you wanted to ask is there was a great book on color. My inspiration mm -hmm. comes from seeing things uh, in Patagonia. I've, we, we, stayed at an eco-lodge near the Perito Moreno Glacier, and that was just one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. I was completely um, bowled over by all those shades of color and then the, uh, the way that the water is that color because of the minerals in it. And I mean, I've just never seen, I, I, I couldn't take any pictures, and I conned one of my really good friends into taking all the pictures. I just wanted to look. That's where my inspiration comes from, are seeing a lot of stone together in a, someplace in London, or just anything like that. Suzanne had different ideas about her second career. Her decorating career started from passion and enthusiasm, and as you will hear, that love never faded. I honestly thought I was going to have something, in, my second career was going to be in um, gardens. Mm. And... Uh, I, but I just, I sort of like, I took, I, I thought of having a garden store. And um, instead, I ended up having a store not really unlike the one my mother was a partner in in New Orleans, where they, they sold antiques and they sold some other things. And you could go there and they would, you know, reupholster things. And, um, and I thought, well, okay, that's better. And um, so that's how I opened Hollyhock. And um, I waited till my daughter was eight. So I thought, oh, that's fine. And, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I, I, I loved it. And the next year I started decorating. And a lot of people liked our house and wanted to know where I got things. So I went over and got those things and had them. And I... When I was enthusiastic about something, then I was able to talk to people about it. And um, I've always loved painted furniture of all kinds. So I always had some painted furniture there, so that was a little hard for some people. But I still love that. And, um, but I've always loved a mixture. I love, I love directoire um, French. I love Louis Saz. I love anything that's sort of neoclassical. And, and also the architecture. I mean, I love all those little country churches in the South that are barely put together with um, board and batten and I don't know what, but they're sort of Greek revival. 
You know, I, I just, I guess I love neoclassical in almost any form, grand or um, cozy. Elegance, style, and timeless simplicity. That both describes the work and Suzanne herself. Quote, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. When once you've tasted flight, you will forever walk the earth with your eyes turned skyward. For there you have been, and there you will always long to return. Learning never exhausts the mind. End quote. Leonardo da Vinci. Goodbye, Suzanne. Thank you for the work. Thank you for the experience. Thank you for the joy. To her family and friends and clients and everyone she touched, uh, I am so sorry for your loss. She was one of those individuals who, who made life better. And for that, we are eternally grateful. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be well and take today first. 